0: what's up everyone how you guys doing what's up my fellow losers on a friday night that's uh sitting with me over on youtube we're gonna be talking about this thing charlie hunnam just came out and said hey we might get a Jax teller back and i was like holy cow are you serious man right after this we got uh a lot of stuff to cover tonight not only this uh charlie hunnam deal but we're also going to be talking about how we lost our humanity wait till you hear this story coming up my god when i seen this story it was unbelievable Okay, everybody knows about Sons of Anarchy. If you don't, you were living it in under a rock somewhere, but it looks like they're going to try to bring back Jax Teller, and I know all you women out there are probably like creaming your pants right now, because it's funny. Anytime you talk to a woman, I don't care if it's a biker woman or not, she talks about how hot Charlie Hunnam is. Anyway, he is teasing the possible revival of Jax Teller. And, again, this is all over the entertainment news and stuff. I was like, man, you know, isn't he dead? Is it, like, hard to bring him back like that? Or are they going to pull a Roseanne where, you know, Dan died of a heart attack, she won the lottery, and next thing you know, it was all a dream. Is that what we're talking about here? I have no idea. But, anyway, he is toying with the ideal of life after death when it comes to The dangerously smart character he played in all seven seasons of the Sons of Anarchy. And they go on to talk to him and it says, oh, did that get a little bit of traction? I guess he was in front of Comic-Con or something like that he brought up. He had an idea, something like that, to bring him back. Uh, But uh, when pressed on whether there's a concrete idea or if reprising his role as Jax, will come in a series or film he played coy. I can't, I can't tell you, no, no, no. So that right there is the possibility of Jax Teller coming back to the screen or the TV, whatever it is. And I ask myself, because there's a lot of people that bash on this series, there really is. I don't know what it is, but if you've ever watched it, people think you're the biggest dork in the world. It's entertainment, folks. That's all it is. It's entertainment. But if you're associated with watching that kind of entertainment, again, you get your balls busted. And let's be honest, man. Nothing in that series could ever happen in real life, especially, you know, killing an ATF agent or killing the dude was basically a serial killer. You don't think that, you know, they would have got busted in real life. It's entertainment. Just like that. Mayans, I can't get, uh, you know what, I can't gain traction with the Mayans. I just, sorry, I can't, but that's the same thing. But what you have to ask was, was there's something that that did bring to the biker scene. And I would have to say in 2008 and above, that's when you've seen a lot of influx of riders And when I hear them bashing on the series for doing that, I was like, well, wait a second. What about the wild one? And if you don't know what the wild one is, that's Marlon Brando. One of the clubs actually got uh, their patch from that movie. And it's funny how you can compare the two different opinions of those shows. Well, one was a movie so it's not unusual for a movie or entertainment to translate into real life it isn't sons of anarchy was a little over the top you know wild one was a little cheesy but regardless it brought people into the scene no matter what you try to say to yourself it did and it's like entertainment does that type of stuff if you look, what the hell was that movie uh, with Cuban Gooding Jr. with the Huskies? You know, that uh, stuff up, he was a dentist, whatever it was. After that movie came out, you had everybody wanting to adopt Hus- Huskies. And he had Huskies and all that type of stuff. So entertainment, uh, what we see and what we hear, it does affect real life at some point. The only thing I believe that was different between the Wild Ones and Sons of Anarchy is the Wild Ones didn't, you know, cake it on, if you will, with the violence. You know, the Sons of Anarchy, they they really caked it on. And they're doing it with the Mayans, too. I don't think the Mayans last like Sons of Anarchy will, though. But I think it's because it came from the de- uh, demented head of Kurt Sutter, man. This guy, you know what? He gets to screw Katie Seagal, you know, the one from, uh, you know, what was her freaking uh, name in uh, Al Bundy? Peg! He gets to screw Peg, but he has a demented mind. You know, any scene that you, you know, saw him play in that Sons of Anarchy he's demented. So it's no wonder that the show turned out demented as well. With the violence that came with it, though, also had a lot of far-reaching consequences when clubs did go to court or something like that on a criminal charge. It was, uh, it, it was pretty tough in uh, the early days of Sons of Anarchy, let me tell you. Now that it seems like it's dying down, that's when uh, Hunnam comes back and wants to play the character. Could you imagine being associated, if you're an actor, with one character? He He's typecast. He's done some pretty uh, good movies and stuff like that that I liked, but they never got anywhere because of the character he was tied to. I thought he was damn good in, uh, what is it, uh... King or uh, MacArthur or some shit like that. I don't know. I don't know my damn movie uh, titles or anything like that. But what do you guys think? Gales think of the two movies that really put some adrenaline into the scene. Again, Wild Ones with Marlon Brando and The Sons of Anarchy. Let me know that. Uh, let's see. Let's go over into the comments section. Play around. Uh, Lee Marvin as chi- Chino in The Wild One is one of my all-time favorite characters. You know what? He really did play that part good, didn't he? He, it, it was, it, he played it like an old-school uh, Scooter Tramp would. Marlon Brando, not so much. He was more of uh, a rubber in my eye. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, DeBrown, uh, SOA is a guilty pleasure you watch alone or if you're china Dow, she's right up on you man now you want to watch this you want to watch it it's like damn man you just watched it 20 times how many more times you gotta watch the damn thing uh let's see here i had five months of watching tv after i hit on my dinah so i watched soa now i can't sit five minutes tv is evil <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, Sunday, by the way, I have special guest uh, Mooch and uh, Bo from Outlaw Archives, and Wild On 2 is going to be co-hosting the show. We're going to be going over the recent denial of the Mongols' motion to vacate that came out yesterday. And we're going to have a conversation about that. You know, there's opposing viewpoints on that. And it's going to be a good debate on the show. I'm looking forward to that. Also, we got, uh, you know, what? uh, I got it booked all the way to uh, end of October for shows. But we're going in a kind of different direction on Sundays. We're going to be booking uh, people on to cover different type of issues. It ain't just going to be all biker stuff. It's going to be people that have different viewpoints on different type of subjects. So we're going to bring a little, uh, you know, inject a little difference into the Sunday shows. And as you notice, I've been doing a couple lives this week. That's because we're on our winter schedule here now. At uh, insane throttle and all that good stuff. Let's go back in here, uh, and I'm getting a lot of comments like this. Uh, SoA was a good TV show. Easy Rider was my favorite. I just stopped before the ending. Do you ever notice with the different generations we have here? Uh, my generation and older, we you know, Easy Riders was the shit, man. But now you have... And I think that's because we really didn't have a lot of special effects back then. It was like raw film. But now they have all this FX and all this type of special effects that they're used to. And when they look at a movie like Easy Riders, they're like, man, this sucks. And you can't really blame them. Growing up on special effects like they did yeah that movie's gonna look garbage to them and they're really not gonna understand it anyway because what it was you know what made in the 60s so we're talking way before they were even shot into their mother okay by their father they weren't even around so they're gonna have a different viewpoint of what them type of days were One thing I do like uh, about that time period when I talked to the old-timers from back then was just how free things really were. We talk about freedom today, and I don't think we even get close enough to even say we're free like they were. No phones, no way of getting a hold of somebody, Nothing but walking 10 miles if your bike broke down to a payphone. Living out on the road, just tossing your pack on the side in a ditch. Nobody's going to bug you. You can't really do that now. Like me, when I leave the studio, my phone stays behind. I do not like having a cell phone on me. Unless I'm out on a bike or if I'm in a car. And even when they do you know, somebody tries calling, I'll just hit ignore because I'm not talking to you while I'm driving. That's just me. It just I like the peace and quiet. And when you look at those times back in the sixties and seventies, eighties, all the way up in the nineties, that was true freedom that these kids won't understand technology really did put a dent into a lot of freedoms that we perceive at least my age anyway. There, I, again, there was nothing better uh, let me let me stop there for a second okay I, I, I gotta you know what I lied there. you know I remember going up to the freedom rally one uh, year a couple years ago I was gonna go up there and the clutch cable cracked open it broke. And the cell phone didn't have any signal, and I was in the middle of a freaking cornfield. So not too much freedom right there other than wanting to kill the bike. But that was something that the old guys overcame back then. You're talking, yeah, we got the modern stuff, but they had the damn hardtail uh, choppers and just going, man. You know, there used to be when a Harley left its mark, man. You know, nowadays, if you have, say, one of these rubbers going along and there's a leak under your Harley, they're freaking out, man. They're screaming like little babies. Well, that was just normal back then, man. You know, have your tool kit, something, you know, shatters off. You know, you fix it on the side of the road. It, you really can't do that anymore. Uh, you really can't. Uh, let's see here. I remember watching the first Rocky at a drive-in theater, drinking a 12-pack in the back of the seat, boxing the headrest. Rock and roll, real life, rock and roll. Uh, Let's see here, uh, T-Bones. Those are the years I grew up in, late 60s, 70s, and 80s. And I bet there was no other time period you'd want to grow up in. I grew up in the 80s, and to think about it now, that's like 40 years ago. But at the same time, you can remember it as if it was yesterday because you do look around and say to yourself, my God, you know, I get it. People say, well, your old thing changes and stuff like that. Yeah, I know things change, but not necessarily for the damn better, man. It hasn't changed for the damn better. And I'm not talking about the biker culture, man. I'm talking about life in general. Things are a lot more, how can I say it, uh, a lot more stupid. Now, I wanted to bring up this story, and I guess I can highlight what I just said, how bad things have really gotten. This is a story of a woman that was euthanized and she was only 23 years old, and it was over PTSD and depression. Yes, you heard me right. They euthanized her because she couldn't function. And it happened after that uh, ISIS attack in 2016. And that was, let's see here, it was at uh, Brussels Airport. After suffering severe depression, PTSD, Shante de Corte 23 was walking through the Departures Lounge at the Belgian airport on March 22, 2016. She was 17 at the time. She survived the explosion, but was left with constant panic attacks and bouts of dark depression from which she never managed to emerge. And she attended a psychiatric hospital for rehabilitation and took a range of antidepressants, attempted suicide. And psychiatrists, remember this, this is in Europe. Two psychiatrists approved her request to be euthanized. What kind of world are we really living in That a perfectly healthy 23 year old woman, with the exception of hardcore depression and PTSD, right there is a mental illness in itself where there's no way she'd be competent enough to know the decision that she's making. But two psychiatrists allowed the euthanasia to go through so earlier I was talking about a lot of us grew up in 60s 70s 80s 90s we would have never heard of such things happening but now you have to look at yourself and say how bad has it really become that will accept something like that as normal, because I'm sorry that, from my viewpoint, yeah, if you got terminal cancer or some terminal disease that's really painful or something, and you want to be let out of the pain, great, yeah, then I, you know I believe in that stuff. That's between you and the old man upstairs, but when you're 23 and there's ways of trying to fix this stuff. Why are you going to let some doctor or some psychiatrist, we already know they're kooks anyway. Why are you going to allow them to euthanize a 23 year old girl? Now I get this is Europe. They got different cultures over there compared to what we have over here we find it sickening, at least I hope a lot of us Americans do, where they don't find it sickening. And then you say to yourself, well, if you got that type of outlook on life, it's no wonder, and I'm probably going to piss people off here, it's no wonder that the Europeans had been the main cause of every freaking world war that humanity's ever had they've been freaking fighting each other for thousands of years so when something like this comes out i'm like damn man and look what we're going through right now man with uh europe (sighs) yeah i don't get it you can be sentenced for double homicide for uh from killing a girl with life inside this is true this is uh, very true, uh, Jim. My parents had a cure for depression. It was called "Go out and play, come home when the street lights come on." Wasn't that? Those were the days, right there. You knew where your friends were because you'd see all the bikes in the front yard. It was a time when community was actually community. I know where I grew up, if you screwed up, the neighbors would whoop your ass and then send you home to get your ass whooped again. It was just a different morality back then than it is compared to now. I I actually think more people are stone cold nowadays than they are of having some humanity towards people when i was talking about the show on sunday i'm having uh mooch on and i got all kinds of hate for it and we're divided by an issue he's on one side of the issue i'm on the other but that is no reason whatsoever not to sit down and have a conversation And I had a lot of people, club members especially, saying, well, why are you you having him on your show? And my my answer was real simple, why not? Because you don't like the idea of people that have difference uh, of opinion coming together and actually talking about it. Or is it because of his past club affiliation that you feel like we're being disloyal to the club scene? I don't accept that kind of stuff. There used to be a time where we thought that when you had a problem, you would either duke it out, you'd go outside, you'd box, and after it was done, you'd come together... Go to the bar and get yourself a drink. And after that beer was done. All the issues you had with that person was done. There was no more talk about the problem. It was finished. It was done. It was over with. And I might be naive. But I still believe In that premise i still believe if you have a problem with somebody you talk it out civilly and after the problems talked about agree to disagree so when i was catching all kinds of hell about that that really put everything to the forefront for me anyway and i sat there and said Man, as club members, you surely would know that premise. You would surely know what that means, but I think that's a practice that's gone now. Instead of putting your differences aside and agreeing to disagree, people want to go out there and you know shoot each other. That to me is gonna cause nothing but more problems. And Sunday, you're going to hear that with this motion to vacate because I covered that trial, but I also covered the Chattanooga thing where the six members came down guilty for Rico. And I said back then, there is no way whatsoever that the judge will approve the motion to vacate after that came out so you're going to hear opposing views and that's a good thing to hear opposing views you have to be able to see everybody else's point of view and like i said on sunday and i'll say this now even though we see differently He actually, Mooch, actually helped me retool some of the program. You know, I believe in constructive criticism. I take it from you guys all the time. And many people don't think I'm I'm listening, but I really do, and I'll retool it. Because I might have thoughts about a situation, I don't know, say five years ago. But as you learn, you sit down, you learn the situation, you get caught up in the situation, and then your viewpoints change. And it's at that point where people say, oh, you know, you're a hypocrite, you know, your opinion changed. No. That's like, uh, I was watching an interview with Tucker Carlson. And he said he changed a hundredfold and some of his viewpoints. You know, he gave the benefit of doubt about the Iraq War, but he's seen as he did his research and learned more about the subjects how his opinion would change. And there's nothing bad about that. And I say that all the time. But since I'm a public figure, I'm used to it. I get all the hell and stuff like that. But I'm just telling you guys if you're out on in a situation where you have competing views instead of pulling your pants down to see whose peckers are bigger sit down and talk about your problems talk about the issue at hand and one of the biggest things why people don't do that is they're afraid of confrontation that's why you have friends talking about friends behind their backs because they're afraid to confront the problem. But instead, they'd rather backstab, which creates a bigger problem. When all they had to do was come together and agree to disagree. And that made me laugh at one guy who was in a club. Because he couldn't understand the concept. Well, why should I do that? It's always somebody wants to puff their chest instead of being a man and saying, okay, I was wrong. Now, that was the number one thing I always wanted to do was if I was wrong on something, I'm going to tell you I was freaking wrong because there's nothing wrong with admitting that. It makes you grow as a person. T-Bones, yes, have a a civilized conversation, but unfortunately these days, some people just can't have a civilized conversation anymore. More and more people are thinking they have all these entitlements. You know what? That's very true when it comes to entitlements. But what makes it worse, and and I don't want to keep covering the club scene stuff because you got a lot of guys that cover this stuff and it kind of gets r- repetitious to me. That's why I'm bringing on all different type of guests now that might not have to do with the biker scene on Sundays. Is because I believe that you can't put us bikers in a box. I don't believe that. I believe that we're smart. We're intellectual. I believe we have different types of things that we like doing, like hearing about. So when people say, well, I thought this was a biker channel or I thought this and that, are you really putting yourself in a box? Because that wasn't even the ideal of being a biker was being put in the box. You're the one who was supposed to be outside the box thinking about that stuff. So that's why I decided... You know, we're going to have some people in the entertainment industry coming on. uh, Putting a lot of work into the scheduling right now. Just to give everybody out there, you know, a different type of platform and program. Because, let's be honest, Monday through Friday, we're talking about Biker News. We're talking about who killed who or who beat the shit out of somebody else. And it's sad that those are the stories, but hey. That's the news cycle. And hopefully we get some good stuff into there. So when it comes to the lives that I'm starting to do now or on Sundays, we're talking about other stuff like we're talking about now where a 23 year old, they let get euthanized. To me, it's like, what kind of fucking animals are you over there to let something happen like this? that's something i think everybody would be interested in uh let's see here tattoo chris only way up the ladder well let's address that isn't things supposed to be about brotherhood you know everybody freaking talks about it brotherhood this brother hey brother But when you put up the only way up the ladder is to backstab, to deceive the person that you're supposed to have right by your side, I don't call that a man. That's a fucking coward, if you ask me. Why are you going to climb over somebody you're supposed to be close with in order to get a position that probably don't pay a damn dime? Or if it does, you're trying to raid the treasury. So what was the purpose behind that relationship anyway? It was built on mistrust and lies. And you do see a lot of problems that happens in the club scene because of that. I know Black Dragon talks about it. So uh, a lot of other ones. By the way, have you guys gone all over to the Boneyard, man? With Big Bone One Percent, his shit is good. You guys got to go over and check it out, and Mooch as well. Go check these guys out; they're really damn good. And I love it now that there's all kinds of different creators that are doing this niche because it used to be only a couple of us doing it. Now, you know, that does lend to the fact that these new guys, they like attacking the older guys. That way it gets uh, views and stuff like that usually don't work out. But going back to Mark, you know, I really enjoy Mark's opinions. I really do. I enjoy all of yours, but Mark, he really, if you ever look at his stuff in the comments section and stuff, is really good shit. All of a sudden, your brother is testifying against you. Black Dragon. Yeah, I'm um, 23-year-old. I'm serious. It was. It's all over the freaking news right now. Uh,
1: Black Dragon
0: was talking about it this morning. I like this shit. <coughs> about... Don't let your motorcycle club drive you off the edge. And it was a very damn good subject. And I'm sorry to see that a lot of people haven't watched it yet. He brought up some very damn good points. In order to even claim to be a part of this lifestyle, you're supposed to be a man. You're supposed to be making your own decisions. You're not in fucking grade school where you got a bully saying, oh, or you know, you get these peer pressure bullshits. You're not supposed to be that way. You're supposed to hold your balls up right and be a man in the situations. So when somebody comes to you and tries to pressure you into some bullshit, And you follow along. You know the damn game. You signed up for it. If you let somebody else push you. That's your damn problem. At the same time. If you get busted. Knowing. The game. And you want to rat out somebody. That's some punk-ass shit, man. It really is, if you think about it. Because you acknowledged that you weren't a part of this. You said, okay, I want to be a part of this. I want to get what comes out of it. But then the turn when the tough gets going? And he was right. The median age right now of, and it's sad, it is sad, is 40, 50, 60 for clubs. It's really hard in the traditional club scene to get younger guys because they're into different things now. They're in the sport bike clubs, all that crap. So when you have a, say, 40-year-old man going around tattletaling, it's not the best thing in the world. And you see a lot of it. Every club has had it. Every major club goes through it. And that's the thing that really can cause problems, too. Because there was this big RICO case motion to vacate out of California. And people got freaking convicted of RICO on murder stuff. How the hell do you think a judge is going to act on that? They're not. They're going to tell you to go screw off. Uh, It's like following someone onto the wrong highway. Hours later, you're somewhere else. Very damn freaking right, man. If you follow people and you have no trust in them, why the hell are you going to follow them? That's something I don't understand. I never get that. And let's take the situation I've been having with, you know, all the haters about me having Mooch on the show. It's like, dude, I, I do my own show. Nobody pulls my freaking balls in one direction or the other. This is an entertainment business. I get it. You got club politics out there and shit, but those club politics ain't mine. So when somebody has an opinion and wants to talk about an issue. I'm not going to have somebody sit there and say, oh, you can't have them or you're being disloyal to the club community. For one, yeah, I believe in the club community. I believe in helping if I can. But at the same time, just because I have that outlook doesn't mean it's going to go in your direction every damn time. T-Bones. I have never been in a 1% club or MC club or anything, but I did grow up with mates whose parents were in clubs. So I know a quite a few old bikers, not the new ones. Do you find, I find it very interesting. There's always that divide where there's the older bikers and then there's the younger bikers. It's something that never goes away. It's the same thing generation after generation, but at the same time, The problems change, if you know what I mean. It's different uh, issues and stuff. Mark, all club members are supposedly equal from president to newest member, so you have the power to decline in order to do something that may cost you your life or freedom. Crime should be committed alone. One of the things that I will bring up in our debate Sunday is after the verdict came down, and it's in the New York Times right now, I won't be presenting anything but opinions on Sunday because I actually want to see the decision from the court in the court transcripts. Because in the news articles, they're, they're putting you all over the place, you know, for and against, all that stuff. But one thing that was said, now that you bring something like that up as supposedly being equal, where he said this was just an internal thing, witch hunt to the d- 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 to dethrone d- th- me, dethrone me. Wait a second, you're not supposed to be a king in an MC, you know? Yeah, you're supposed to be equal when it comes to the table. So that's going to be an interesting point that I'm going to want to talk about on that. But you're right, Mark. You're supposed to be equal. You really are. Uh, Old guy writing. Yeah, you're just like me, man. Old guy. When we was kids in 20s, there wasn't an internet, cable, TV, and Xbox. We hung out together, built friendships through bonding friendships that we gave our lives for. And if you look at the relationships that people have today, if you grew up with them, say in our age bracket, you're still really close because of them times where we grew up and we didn't have that kind of stuff where now it's mostly done on the internet. Shit. I watched my son do it where he's more talking to his friends over this gaming thing where, you're correct, man. We didn't have that type of stuff, so our friendships were a lot different. Uh, let's see here. And that's why the clubs, etc., work nowadays. We just don't have the camaraderie and loyalty. I'd have to... I really'd have to agree with that because, like I said, it's always been a foreign concept when I would say there's problems... Come together, sit, talk about it. That is like a no-nonsense... I think it's normal to do that kind of stuff. But now you got people that don't want to do that kind of shit. They want to get gangster. Okay, well, why the hell you want to get gangster? You're going to get caught no matter what the hell you think and how good you are. There's just too much technology out there. So instead of going to be gangster, sit down and talk, and then there's no prison time. Maybe somebody gets their ass kicked, and hopefully the guy that gets their ass kicked keeps the mouth shut, because that's the way it's supposed to be. Very true right there, man. Uh, That's why prospects should want to ring the bell on a daily basis, make it a living hell. He wants that patch more than his life. Rock on. Uh, Octane, my father prospected into a club when I was 14, he's still in it, it was all about family that helped each other and our families, that's where I grew up, rock and roll, uh, let's see here, I got another one here, Gator, if you get busted, be a man, own up to your mistakes, don't throw others under the bus, Brotherhood is protecting them, not harming them, but at the same thing, Black Dragon brought up a good point if you are brothers and you're supposed to be protecting them then why would you want to lead them off that cliff isn't that such a good point right there if you're supposed to be brothers you're supposed to protect them and not want anything to happen to them and want them to be successful so if that's the case why let them get into something that can cost them the rest of their life in prison i found that very informing right there and a very good damn point that he brought up because that is the way it's supposed to be if you're gonna go out there and say you know let's put it at something stupid as a brother of yours drunk off his ass and he's about to go drive Take his fucking keys from him. And if he bitches, knock the hell out of him. And then the next day say, hey, you could have got in there and killed somebody. But there's some people nowadays that would just say, well, here's your keys because they're afraid to confront him. Well, you're not a brother then. You're supposed to have his best interest in mind. I wouldn't care if he was a president or even a national. There's, you're still men man that's what i don't understand with this you're still men so if you see somebody that's getting in the damn car that is freaking hammered you're looking out for his best interest and if the next day he sobers up and don't realize that not only is he an asshole but he ain't somebody you want to be around that's just my uh you know thing on that rattlesnake be the example you want your club to have take the time to mentor teach the younger guys there's some old school clubs that still do that <laughs> there really is there's some uh uh yeah is it bad that I act the old, uh, like the old school bikers' way of looking things? I'm thirty. I really want to be in a club what true brotherhood like it used to be. Is that just a f- stupid fantasy? No, it ain't. But that's why you want to do your due diligence. I never understood why guys just wanted to grab a patch and go. Don't you want to get to know everybody? Don't you want to be able to see who your future brothers are? And I think that's a major problem when that happens because you won't have old school ways. The relationship ain't going to last. Not with the club or the guys in the club. The relationship's not going to last if it's like that. But as somebody... 30 years old. And again, I'm just giving opinions. I'm not giving you MC protocol. I'm not into that shit. I'm giving you opinions and opinions only. But as a 30 year old, I would say if you find something you're interested in, hang around for about a year, get to know everybody, see how they operate from the outside. And then after that year, Go through the prospect time if you think that's good. But remember, the ultimate choice is going to be up to you whether it's a good fit for you, and then it's going to be up to the club if you're a good fit for them. But I think it always works best when you hang around or you do the prospect time instead of some of these clubs that you to buy a patch at. You know, you have a lot of these clubs that want to expand. One of the things I never understood was, okay, why ain't they going through the same process? Why ain't there a hang around time? Why ain't there a prospect time? It's worked for the big clubs. And that's why they're strong. And they have good hardcore people. Because they even put them chapters through that. But people so freaking, you know, gung ho. About trying to be one of the bigger clubs. They don't stay and understand. Hey it took them freaking 80 years to do what they're where they're at right now. Or it took this one 50 years to do it. And you want to do it in a year? You're fucking crazy man. Oh. That's why the original MC's came from the military. Yeah a lot of them did. Uh, I miss the no technology days. Yes, technology has its advantage, but these days in the '80s and '70s, home computers were only owned by rich people. They were, man, they were like what six, seven thousand fucking dollars at the time. Uh, even the old mafia family sat down and worked things out to save lives and keep the heat off of them. And them dudes were treacherous. That you're talking about the commission. When you had all the mafia families, this goes all the way back to uh, Lucky Luciano. He actually came up with it. Where all the violence, see, in that business, it's all about making money. And when you're having these freaking wars, you can't make any money. So they formed this commission to work out their damn problems. Uh, Could you imagine the bigger clubs doing that? Could you imagine them coming to the table and working out their problems? That would be a sight to see, man. They'd be bigger than the damn syndicate would. Or the Mafia, as you guys know it. Uh, Let's see here. We got a couple ones here. Gary Gibbs. My club was started in 1963 by active duty Air Force men. Rock and roll, man. And that is always cool when the, and and I talked about that, what, this morning or, you know, in another video where I never understood why cops and the bikers, just because they're on opposite sides of the line, they were military members. And you think the cops would see that when they're busting some guy down? Oh, you were a Marine. So was I. Give a little respect. That never happens. <laughs> that never happens with cops. Uh, no, and we have a serious po- uh, policy about publicity. The media used to get sued for mentioning membership in the club by name. The problem with that now is what's called fair use, and fair use is a real big thing, especially in the last 20 years. A lot of what fair use is. Is it can't you know you can't use say a copyright or you can't use uh, slander as an excuse to keep a media organization quiet. You can't. That's fair. That's fair use. Uh, so newspapers usually what they do is grab the police reports and stuff. Take a lot of their stuff off the police reports. And then they push their narratives uh, like that. Uh, You know, that's the way they've always been. Uh, That's the way they're always going to be. Like I said, when we go over that article Sunday, you'll actually see it. Where it goes from one spectrum to the other right away. And the reason why I want to see the documents or the transcripts from the court is they take specific quotes And put it in there, but they don't have the context around it. So, it looks like one way or the other. And at the end of the article, it's like, well, what the fuck here? What just happened? Yeah, that's what happens. I don't believe in buying my way in. I believe in working for my spot in life, no matter what it is. No matter what it is. Very good point, because... If you're your way in, does it really even matter to you at that point? Does it have any meaning to you? If you have to buy it, because anybody can buy something at that point. So it doesn't have any meaning. And it also don't last. So you're damn correct on that one. You know, you are. We have no privacy, none, so be careful what you do in public. Yeah, got that right. Anything you do is going to be on freaking Twitter, or it's going to be on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. If you're fighting, or if something's going down, yeah, it's going to be on fucking screen. You can believe that shit. So I don't understand why it's just easier to sit down and say, okay, let's talk. One uh, a couple more. The All-Father Odin demands you stand on your own two feet. That's true. He really does. And no matter what religion you believe in, that's just, you know, being a regular old man and stuff. Uh, uh, Let's see here. Little Paul, the power they would hold would cause fear in the government. You're damn right it would. You have a commission of the big uh, clubs. Oh man, the freaking government will be pulling their fucking hair out. You can guarantee that. And maybe that's why they go after clubs so much. Maybe they're scared that eventually they're going to say, you know what, we're tired of all this shit. We're tired of the cops always on our ass. Let's get together, form a commission, and work ourselves out. I bet you guys didn't know pre sixty eight some of that stuff was happening, and the reason why you've seen a lot of problems was uh, a couple clubs broke the deal and moved east of the Mississippi River. So yeah, it's been done before, but it never lasted. But if it was the government, be you know what they'd be scared shitless if that ever happened. It would be uh, scared shitless. Thanks for that donation, Mongrel Mob. I really appreciate the support, man. You've been with me a long time, and that means a lot. Uh, All the support that you give us goes to right back into the show, uh, equipment, and other uh, fees that we have to pay each month. If you want, you can also donate via cash app at Dollar Sign Motorcycle Madhouse. Again, it's uh, real appreciated. Three box op, no comment on any, of any substance, just blessing you and Chinadow from an old one percenter. Man, you rock, man. I really appreciate that three box op. You know, you guys are awesome. You're the ones who support the show and keep us going with your comments, uh, your suggestion, and even your hate. You know, you can learn a lot from haters, man you really can they actually give you good ideas uh, you know not to you know mention that i really have fun with them uh but you learn a lot from people you really do and we really appreciate all the help that you give us gary you're on here all the time mark rattlesnake all you guys in the throttle club uh and you know those that I don't mention, you guys are freaking kick ass, man. You're the best people around. And hopefully, uh, we're going to be bringing you guys a lot of different content, uh, mixing it up a little bit. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it. Uh, but that's why you have almost 50,000 friends. <laughs> Rock on, man. We're almost at 50 here. We're almost at 100,000 over on Facebook. You know, I'm a late bloomer, man. I just started working on all this stuff, so give me time, man. Give me time. Anyway, guys and gals, man, uh, let us Well, let me get this one here. Octane, I passed an off-duty on the slush tail tonight, 75 and a 60. Gave him two-finger peace out, laughed all the way home. <laughs> Terry, how you doing, man? Welcome to the throttle. You're either gonna like me, hate me, but uh, we'll see if we can get you in the middle, man. But thanks for, uh, you know, stopping in and stuff, uh, Terry. You got a, a lot of uh, kooks out here, but they're uh, they're freaking real cool kooks. Anyway, guys and gals, I'm gonna let you guys go. I know it's a Friday night. I'll see you on Sunday, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Right here with Wild On 2's Mooch and Outlaw Archive.